Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Chase and Josh with Factor Fantasy here to bring you a brand new arc that we are going to cover today. Last week we left you off with a standalone feature on the Eternals. Today we are going to jump back into a Disney Plus series. It hasn't been too long since we've been there. You know, we uh, finished out with The Mandalorian a couple weeks back. Uh, but this week we are jumping into the critically acclaimed series called Loki. And we are both really excited about this because once we finish up all our notes for the entire series, we realize how much this is going to play into the future of the Marvel Universe. So we're really kind of pumped up. Uh, there's some things that are going to come along through the first couple episodes. And how we're going to break it down is a little bit similar to Mandalorian, but shorter. Because there's so much detail in these Loki episodes that we're going to do two episodes per podcast episode. So today, we're going to cover uh, Loki Season 1, Episode 1 and 2. Next week, we'll cover uh, Loki Season 1, Episode 3 and 4. And then we'll close out uh, a week after that with Loki Season 1, Episodes 5 and 6. So that's a little bit how we're going to do it today. I'm really excited to kind of jump into it. Before we do, I'm going to go ahead and give Chase the opportunity to say hey, talk about some things on his end, and then we'll get started. Yeah, man, I'm really excited for this one because what's so cool about this series is it's not like any normal Marvel series. There's so much intricate details and thoughts that can come out of this and where it's really going to propel the entire Marvel franchise. Uh, nothing will be the same, <laughs> which is really awesome. Uh, yeah, on my end, nothing much different. I got... Uh, Kind of give you a little preview of today for if you're watching our clips on YouTube. We got uh, Loki himself in the back. I'm more of a Thor guy. Jay Nelly is more the Loki guy here. But that's why I got to represent my boy, even though he's not on the show today. Thor got the Thor Ragnarok cup here for when we throw out some malice in the chalice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's dive straight into it. This one has a lot of detail. And what's great is... Y'all been looking forward to it uh, for a long time since it came out uh, over the summer. And uh, I still remember when Jay Nelly and I first watched this together over the summer, we were like, eh, do we really go into this series? And then we were like, no, this is something. It just has to be done. <laughs> so uh, I'm stoked for it, man. Let's get right into it. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, so what's going to happen is Chase is going to take us through episode one. And I'm going to take us to episode two. And at the end of both of those uh, episodes, we'll talk about uh, just our takeaways from it, things that stood out to us. And then we'll do our debates towards the end after we cover both of them, just kind of like how we've been doing it uh, recently here. So, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and get our patented Malice in the Chalice cheers to kick us off today. Chase will take us through uh, episode one. And I'm like I said, like, I'm really excited to get into it, man. So uh, cheers to you, my man. Cheers, brother. Malice in the Chalice. Off to the pit of misery. By in a few weeks, we'll be in the pit of misery when we get to the end of this. Have a have a couple cards to play. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so let's dive in, man. So it starts off. I do want to give the titles of the episodes just because they kind of play a little bit of full circle moments later on in the couple weeks we cover later on. So the first one, uh, glorious purpose. That's episode one, but it starts out here. So if everyone remembers, uh, remember when we were ranking our Avengers, uh, you know, our Marvel movies in the first episode of first season we ever did on the show. This starts back out in 2012 when we were having the Avengers, really the first Avengers film when Loki brought that army 
upon New York, and the Avengers had to fight him off. But it plays into Endgame, where if, remember when we were talking about Endgame, when we did our rankings, when they went back in time to get the Infinity Stones to stop Thanos. So we're at this point in time where it starts out in 2012, where Loki is in New York with the Tesseract. Um, as far as, so what happens is during the time where they were trying to get the Tesseract with Tony Stark, so he tries to grab the Tesseract but gets hit by the Hulk as he runs through the door. And then Loki grabs the Tesseract uh, from the, this is in the 2012 timeline, and then all of a sudden gets transported. So let's keep in mind, too, a little bit. This isn't the exact Loki that we saw get killed in Infinity War, because so many people get confused by that. And that's how he's still alive here. This isn't the same one. Did you have a, a point you wanted me? Yeah, just wanted to say one thing on that, too. Just to kind of put it out there. Like, they came back. It's, it's, this is, like, the very similar parts where Endgame, where they came back and basically they they tried to steal the briefcase that had the Tesseract in it. The Tesseract wasn't just out in the open. It was right. in a briefcase. And, like, it started off with them kind of telling Hulk that he had to take the stairs because he couldn't fit in the elevator. And so that's why, like, the Hulk back in this 2012 version where we're at right now, he swung that door open because he was mad that he had to take the stairs. And when he did that, it knocked... The SWAT, uh, like the SWAT uniforms, Tony Stark from the future, back off his feet, and it, it knocked his, the briefcase and slid on the ground, and that's when the Tesseract fell out right at Loki's feet, and that's when he grabbed it and was transported. So I just want to kind of make that distinction of like how the Tesseract got into Loki's hands while he was like pretty much imprisoned by them, like he was their prisoner at that point in time. But that's all I just wanted to say. So I'll yeah, continue on. Absolutely, no, that was perfect. That was great. That's why I have Jay Nelly here, guys, because I tend to run really quick through details. <laughs> It'll make it actually make sense. So that's perfect. Uh, so the next thing we see when we see Loki again, so he falls into the Gobi Desert in Mongolia, where he was transported there by the Tesseract. And then all of a sudden at this point, we see almost coming through like a time door. We get introduced to what's called uh, the Time Variance Authority. And then they show up and arrest Loki and then we have this uh, almost like this sequence where it's describing what a variant is. So we have, um, and then right before that, they put this almost like, I want to make this point because this is important. They put, we don't exactly know what it is yet, but they put like this hourglass, I call it an hourglass, what would you call it? Like in the ground, it plays a big part later on, but that thing in the ground that we're going to know what's called. But basically what it does is it's resetting the timeline is what we learn is what this does. So uh, Loki begins to like try to escape back to the headquarters, but the authority continues to bring him back to where he started resetting the time. And then this is when they start bringing him in for basically to go through this sequence so that he can be judged. So I called her the authority captain. Uh, we know her as B something. What's her? What's she again? Uh, her name is Hunter B fifteen. And other things I wanted to just put in there before we like she has them there as well is like when he gets to that Gobi Desert, you see how he tried to take dominion over like the native people there at first. Like he stood up on that mm -hmm. rock and like was talk talking about like he's their ruler or whatever. And then you talk about those time portal doors that open and the time variance authority came and knocked him. I also thought it was pretty cool and important to notate like the collar that they put on him so he couldn't like do yeah. things like they, they they like arrested him and stuff like 
handcuffing his hands like normal stuff. They put this collar around him and they hit him with this like nightstick in it and it like reverberates and it makes him like move in one sixteenth speed but feel all the pain in real time. So I just thought that was like cool. Like these people are able to manipulate time in a way and like Chase said, that's when they put that charge at the bottom and twisted it to reset the timeline. But I just wanted to say those things there. But to answer your question directly, uh, her name was Hunter B15. Perfect. <laughs> love it. Uh, so he gets taken in. And then I love this part. He gets like his clothes lasered off immediately and put in those prison garments. Um, and then he has he has to sign this massive ass contract. <laughs> like they hand him almost like a, a 500 page contract to read. Of course, he basically just reads the first page. And... Um, well, you, he has to know, confirm. Oh, sorry, you know, after you. You, you, know, yeah. you know what that was? You're talking about the big stack of papers, right? When he gets, Yeah, the big that, stack of papers. What yeah. that was, it wasn't a contract. It was every word he ever spoke in his lifetime. Oh, so that's, that's awesome. That's yeah. what the big stack of papers were. That's why when he said, they, like, verify this is everything you've ever said. And he's like, what? And then he had to print out the other paper and put it on top, sign here. Then he's like, are you kidding me? And then he put again, <laughs> put it, like, print it out. So, like, that big <laughs> stack great. of papers isn't a contract. It was just simply every word that Loki's ever spoken in his life. That was perfect. Love it. Uh, see, now that makes sense. <laughs> it was like 2,000 pages or whatever it was. Uh, probably more than that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so one thing that was a big part here that was so funny and that I thought was he has to confirm that he's not a robot. And that he has a soul. <laughs> and he goes, what if I was a robot and didn't know it? <laughs> and they just go, the machine will melt you from the inside. Please move, sir. <laughs> and then they just push him through the line. I was laughing my ass off. Um, and then he is forced to take a ticket, which there's only two people in the entire fucking line here. He's like, there's only two people in line. They're just like, please take a ticket, sir. <laughs> please take a ticket. So... And then what was so funny at this part, too, remember, like, the one guy was arguing in the front of the line there, and then he, he finally takes a ticket when they vaporize that guy. We learned it's called pruning <laughs> later. He just gets vaporized into fucking nothing. It's like, okay, all right. So this is where it gets really detailed, because we have the time, I call her the time clock. Her name is Miss Minutes. Shows up out of nowhere. Take it. Go for it. I don't want to take it. I just want to say, didn't it remind you a little bit of like the old like 80s schoolhouse rock? Like the things you would listen to as growing up as a kid, learning about like conjunction, junction, what's your function and stuff. Like Absolutely. it really reminded me of like the schoolhouse rock videos that they played in the, in the 80s and the 90s. So that's all I wanted to say is that's just what it reminded me of. Like you're absolutely right. That's what it was. <laughs> minutes and everything. But I you just know thought what that it was really funny. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Jurassic Park? Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of that when he's like, and then the dinosaur. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> Fucking loved it, man. And I thought it was so creative the way they tried to explain all this stuff that's coming up, like with the cartoons and everything. So you see all these, like, just like Jay Nelly said, like these schoolhouse rock cartoons coming up as they're explaining all this stuff. So Miss Minutes, she tells Loki, he's there. She goes, <laughs> you're here to stand trial for your crimes long ago there was a multiverse where countless timelines battled each other for supremacy the time keepers emerged 
from this, and they merged a multiverse into one single timeline. It became known as the Sacred Timeline. The timekeepers are in charge of the proper flow of time. However, people like this stray off the proper path of time are called, like yourself, variants. <laughs> That's just where like, Loki finds out he's a variant. This is how all this stuff has happened because he's not stayed in his timeline. So he is being arrested for going, basically creating his own path in life that's making a new timeline and she says when variants stray off the path it creates a nexus event which can make multiple timelines which can cause madness and a multiversal war to keep order and make sure this doesn't happen our timekeepers created the tva time variance authority to make sure this doesn't happen and people don't stray off the path. <laughs> so great. I absolutely love it. So just the way this was explained was so creative. Um, I, I it Actually, they were really efficient in the way they explained something so complex like this. What are your thoughts on that, by the way? I agree with you. Like, I thought it was cool. My, my thoughts on it more go so like, oh my gosh, like, now we're hearing this word over and over again in these in these frequent uh, films and series that we started covering, like this multiverse, right? And especially what's coming up here in a, in a couple of weeks with the new Spider-Man film that's that's been rumored to, to play out. It's like, wow, things are starting to come into to play here. And that's a big reason why we had to cover the show is it, 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 especially, I'm not giving any spoilers away, but like they, this very well, this series could be the cause of a lot of things. Like, oh, that's um, great. Like that's, that's why it's just, it was so important. But I loved, yes, it was a very simplistic way of explaining everything, like what a Nexus event was, why like te technically for them it's a bad thing. And, you know, we uh, they also we learned that they, there was a timeline that needed to be reorganized to one sacred timeline. Like you were talking about, we've got the sacred timeline. And so we're thinking that there's like, anything that goes off of it can cause a multiversal war. So now it's like we have this in the back of our minds that the, the things are things are going to come into play here where it's not going to go all probably all the way that the TVA wants and now they got Loki in here. One thing I want to mention too is like the big part of this is when they dropped off the Tesseract at the front with the front desk guy and like Loki tells me you be careful with that and he didn't even seem phased by it. We're going to learn a little bit in a little bit like why that's like important but like this remember how important fin infinity stones were in <laughs> Endgame and Infinity Wars <laughs> like the, the, the casualness of which this test track was handled by the front desk agent he just dropped off on his desk it it's gonna come up here full circle in just, <laughs> in just a little bit but it's, it's it's pretty cool but I just thought that it was important to notate that they had to drop off that tesseract and that you know the the whole explanation of where it's at like the sacred timeline how the time curious came in and, and made made it you know broke like kind of put together all the multiverses and say no this one timeline like these are all foreshadows of what's going to come full circle later on we're getting like little pieces of, of nuggets of information that we are going to you know look back on here in a few weeks and be like wow this was explained this was like predicted a long time ago and like watching it it's important to really you know, stick out to it. instead of just watching it and enjoying what you're seeing on screen like if you do some critical thinking on it like you're going to see how this specific series branches into almost probably every Marvel film that's going to come out here in the next year or so. So anyways, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. I just thought that was important to notate. Oh, no, absolutely. That's uh, what I loved about it is, you know, this is why 
you know, Marvel has all these series now. Now that they're going into all these different phases, right? And it's easy to say something, you know, just give an example, not putting anything down or anything, but let's just say like Winter Cap, like Falcon Winter Soldier, or even if you go into Hawkeye or something like that, right? Something that's primarily action. Like they have very interesting motives as far as missions and goals that accomplish to the next step. However, not saying anything like that will ever be forgotten. However, I am saying it's more likely that an audience member is going to remember something like this versus that because this is what was so unexpected about the show. Everyone thought this would just be basically another like Thor, Loki, Ragnarok or something like that, right? Where it's action packed. You see the gods and, you know, the goddesses interacting with people on earth that sort of thing no this came out of nowhere and it's entirely changed the way we're gonna think about the marvel universe from now on which is why even if people were overlooking this series when it came out this series will no longer ever be ignored it will now be mentioned think about 20 years from now people will mention loki as like a classic probably because unfortunately, I'm not unfortunately, but because one of those things, it was overlooked when it first came out, but now it's not because what's about to come after this for the Marvel Universe could not happen without this series. What's your thoughts on that? I agree with you 100%. The the events that are gonna lead into what happens in the next phase of Marvel could not happen without what happens in this series, especially towards the end of it that we'll get to in a couple weeks, so. Yeah, guys, yeah. This, this is going to be a fun ride, so stick with us the whole way through it. <laughs> awesome. Okay, getting back into it. So just like you said, that guy gets vaporized. Loki's freaking out, right? And then all of a sudden, we get uh, we get notice of it. They're going to this place in France in 1549, which is, I couldn't pronounce it. It was AIX-EN province. How would you call it? Bro, I don't speak French, man. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't know. I couldn't pronounce it. But we get introduced to one of our favorite actors from Wedding Crashers, baby. Who are we getting introduced to? I'll let Jay Nelly take this little section here. We are getting introduced to the man with the famous broken nose. The guy that's, uh, <laughs> the guy that's famous for saying, wow. We, uh, the long-haired phenom himself, Owen Wilson. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Grew up Count Chocula, Peter Pan. We've been at a million weddings and we've rocked them all. <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck yeah, baby. Fuck yeah. So Mobius is Owen Wilson's name in this show. And he witnesses, he basically, um, how would I describe this? He is like they're investigating, almost like right? a detective, right? Yeah. for this timeline kind of thing like finding out more um in solving these cases with time variance um but mobius witnesses this nexus event that involves the attacks uh attacks and observes a child that is like drawing this stick figure 
in front of him as he's trying to get information from this child about what happened. Well, she, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. That's a little that's a little mixed up. <laughs> that, that, <that's laughs> Go little, for it. Like it's like you tied a couple things in at the same time, like one big ball of like spaghetti there. No. What what happens is like they are they're uh, investigating like the attack on these TVA Minutemen. And you yeah. see like there's like dead bodies on the ground there. It almost looks like this church type thing with like the pews around it. And they, they mentioned like this has been like the sixth, like the sixth attack in a week or so. Um, yeah, six attacks in a week. And so that's when you see the little girl like, kind of walking, but she's scared because like she saw everything that happened, but she's freaked out. So when Wilson goes up to her, uh, Mobius, he goes up to her and tries to calm her down. And he puts like his little pad out and he makes a stick to her come up and dance for her. So that way she yeah. gets put at ease and it makes her smile. And then he asks her what happened. And he asked him who did this, and she pointed at that little like stained glass, uh, you know, depiction mm-hmm. of the devil, and uh, there, and and she gave him this piece of gum called Clubluey. But yeah, so like the stick figure, she didn't draw; he did it for her to help her feel at ease when he was asking her questions because he knew she was scared. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. He like drew it and then made the projection. I thought it was just running; it didn't look like dancing to me. From a fellow line dancer, I didn't see too many dances in there. But uh, I'll take it for what it's worth. <laughs> Just <kidding. laughs> Fuck yeah. Anyways, uh, but yeah, so um, just like Josh, uh, Jay Nelly said, you know, Kablooey is Kablooey, and I love the way they spell blueberry, B-L-O-O-B-E-R-R-I-E. Um, and I, this, uh, keep that in mind, because it plays a very significant role going down in this series here. So just keep that in mind. And I love what they said here. Uh, he said, the devil-bearing gifts run this for a sequence period. So it was uh, just like, you know, mentioning, like, how big this was. And when they saw, like, when she handed him the kablooey, remember her mouth was all blue and everything. So it really struck a chord there. Um, but at this point, so an agent appears and shows Mobius that Loki is in custody. Then we go back to where Loki is. So I called her, it's Ravona, right? Did I actually get that name right this time? Yeah, it's Ravona. (laughs) Surprised. (laughs) I'm surprised. I actually got this right. So Ravona, uh, I guess, is she like the time variance judge is what they called her? What's her title exactly? You know, that's a great question. I don't really know what her title is. They, they, um... It starts with an R, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. But like she kind of acts as like the, the the head of the time variance authority in a couple of different ways, not just as a judge, but also like approving missions and things. Um, like I, I don't know what her position is in the TVA, but it's definitely like, like it's like the head, right? It's like it, it's the I would say if you're gonna think about it in corporate America. It's like the people right below the executives, right? Like she's like right. the, the top, the top level of management, but not quite like an executive, like a CEO or a CTO or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so I would say she's like the judge or like the, the head, their person that we're gonna be able to see. She's everyone answers to her, and she answers to other people later on that we'll kind of get into. But yeah, so that's all I'd say about her and her position. Perfect, absolutely. Yeah, so Ravona asks Loki and goes, "How do you plead?" And then he says they have the wrong person and explains to them that it's the Avengers that they want because the Avengers made this event basically happen where then he grabbed 
uh, the Tesseract. And she tells him that what the Avengers did was supposed to happen. What he did was not supposed to happen. How do you plead? <laughs> then, uh, and then Loki just goes, guilty of this? And then he, he tries to use his powers to stop everything. And I love this moment because it shows like everything he's known up to this point doesn't mean shit. Everyone keep in mind and remember Thor and Loki are both demigods. Like compared to the people on Earth, they could probably beat their ass. Like Loki is the god of mischief. He started an entire army and took it on New York. Like he is never underestimated. He just goes guilty of this and tries to use his magic nothing happens and then Ravona looks at him and just goes there is no magic here <laughs> your magic does not work here so I absolutely love that movement um, and then so she goes the court finds you guilty and I sent it to you to be reset so remember where we saw that guy get vaporized so at this point they're like oh shit he's freaking out I, I think we've only seen Loki freak out once in his life, and that's when the Avengers took him down. And now he's like, what the fuck did I just get myself into? So, but before Loki's reset, and they're about to stab him with that vaporizer staff, or whatever I call it, the prune staff. Get some pruning on. Hope you ate your raisins. <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, so Mobius shows up and sticks up for Loki and bails him out. And then Ravona tells Mobius, if anything goes sideways, it's on him. But now you can see that Mobius really sees something in Loki and sees potential here uh, to hopefully uh, solve this case of what's going on. So uh, like, that's a weird yeah, thing. Though. Like, let's talk. Let's talk about that. Like, I don't know if he so much saw potential in terms of like Loki himself. Like, oh, this guy is so great. He can help me here. I think he used it as an opportunity, like, because we're going to figure out what it is that mobius is chasing here pretty soon he i think he more so uses as an opportunity to try to get inside loki's mind to think if he can understand loki maybe he could understand what what they're chasing and i don't want to give anything away yeah or steal the thunder there so i don't know if it's necessarily like oh this guy can this guy's so great he can he can do everything that we need him to do i think it's more so like hey if i can figure out this guy instead of just vapor, like um, pruning him and vaporizing him and you know sending him off to wherever these the things go when they get destroyed like maybe I could use that information, and I could, I could do my job. Like what I'm here yeah. to do. So like that's kind of what I think it was more like. I don't know. If, like that's I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I don't. I guess you're right. Maybe I don't know if he saw something in him, but I think, just like you said, like he had to be useful for him to stick up to him. But what makes me think, like, maybe he gave Loki a little bit more of an edge is what comes up later on. He does make a statement. I'm actually a fan. <laughs> I'm actually a fan of you. So, I mean, it's tough to say. Like, because keep in mind, think of it this way. He's basically putting his job on the line here for this guy. So, it's tough to say. Like, I think, obviously, he had to see something that stood out to him for an advantage for something so i think like you said maybe for the case but at the same time i think he did see something more in him than just some regular prisoner what do you think about that yeah, this, that's the last thoughts on it before like, i let you jump back in is just like i i just think that he has a specific 
there's a reason why Loki could be helpful, and we don't want to give anything away because of what we're gonna come up into in just a little bit. But like, there's I think it's because Loki specifically himself, like no one else, he would have done this for just simply because they wouldn't have been useful. I think you yeah, you hit it on the, the nail on the head. Like, I think Loki could be more useful to Mobius uh, alive and and helping him on the case than pruned and gone wherever. So like, right. I, I think that's more along the lines of what it is. It's like, you know. Any other prisoner probably would have gotten pruned there because they wouldn't have been helpful for this specific case that Mobius is on and what he's trying to accomplish. And I know it sounds so convoluted for the people listening to us. It's just because we can't get there yet because we don't want to ruin, you know, the timeline of events that we're going to speak through. But, like, there's a specific reason why Loki himself is important for this case. And that's all I'll leave it out and let you kind of take it through there. Yeah. Um, So at this point, when he follows Mobius... Mobius shows him the area and he it looks almost like Star Wars like it was badass like you had like this whole area where these like hovercrafts were flying over almost like star cruisers it was it was sick and he goes I thought there was no magic here and Mobius just goes there isn't <laughs> it was badass it was excellent I loved it uh so then this is when i put mobius calls loki out on his shit like just straight up calls his ass out so mobius just goes you do like to talk a lie <laughs> talk a lot which is uh justice <laughs> you do like to talk a lot which is what you do you just talky talk talky talky <laughs> i just started laughing my ass off i couldn't believe it and uh, he describes to him, though, that time passes differently when they're where they currently are. Um, Moby, Mobius then tells Loki when he's asking him what he does. So Mobius says he specializes in dangerous variants. And Loki goes, oh, dangerous variants like me. And he goes, <laughs> just kind of laughs for a minute. He's like, what? <laughs> he just goes, well, you're not dangerous. You're more of a pussycat. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. It was absolutely great. Well, let's talk um, about that for a second yeah, too. Let's talk like, about it. Let's go. How crazy is that? That Loki, who almost took out the Avengers back in 2012, uh, it took everything they had to come together and defeat him and his army. Yeah, like he almost took over the world. But he isn't even considered dangerous as like compared to the variants that Mobius pursues that's crazy to me like look he says loki's like a pussycat like how bad are these variants that the time variance authority are chasing down and, and like going after and, and apprehending to, to that where loki like literally the god of mischief isn't even considered a threat like that's crazy to me hey badass malice in the chalice baby malice in the chalice got something to say about that that my boy <laughs> fuck yeah here's what i would think don't you think i want to hear your thoughts on this it would be badass if we got a mobius series like and found out like all about his past how he got there there's a lot of things later that we can't talk about because of what we kind of find out later but like all about his past how he got like to where he is now all the variants he's fought that are dangerous and then like all the variants in the future that lead him to where he's at don't you think like a spinoff series like that would be awesome like yes and no and i'll tell you why i say like a little bit of no 
is just because there's so many Marvel characters. Like we, it's gonna be hard to give everybody their own spinoff show. <laughs> like you think about it all already as it is. How many like productions they have in play between series and movies? Like Mobius, yeah. he's he's like a, an agent, right? It's almost like well, if you're gonna do that, why don't you give uh, Phil? Back in the original Avengers, his own <laughs> yeah, thing right. too. You know what well, I mean? Well, they it's did. Like, it was called Agents of Shield. It got canceled. Right. That, <laughs> well, there you go. And you can kind of see the, the kind of uh, reception that got. That's kind of my point. Like, like I think we're more so is like we're, we're we love Owen Wilson the actor, and because we love Owen Wilson the actor, we want to see his character develop over time. I think that's more like it there because I'll be honest, I he doesn't have any special powers or unique abilities that would want me to sit down and watch how he goes about his job. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's to true. me, like yeah. to me, like there's no. He's not great with a bow and arrow like Hawkeye. He doesn't have like a super genius ability like Tony Stark or Bruce Banner. He doesn't have any godlike powers like Thor or Loki. He's just like a normal guy, maybe a little bit smarter than the average dude, and can set up traps, I guess, with the TVA <laughs> Minutemen. But there's can nothing really trap. Yeah, there's nothing really badass. there that ex- like a variant nothing, trap, like a mouse trap. Well, not even <laughs> though not, the variant. Not so much like that. Like trap him as in like come up with cool plans and strategic ways to put the variants in positions they didn't think they'd be in and be able to prune them and or apprehend them, whatever it may be. Like not actually like a mouse trap or anything. Like like just you know, set, like, you know pull, lure them into a trap. Like ah oh, shoot, I'm trapped. They got me. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. I, 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 But nothing that's really exciting. Nothing that would be like oh man, I need to see this. I, that's just my thought on it. I think like I would think maybe if. A backstory in the TVA itself, where it came from, and maybe a TVA series, maybe more. I don't know. Especially when we figure out how it was created, the, you know, the, the start of it, how they started bringing people in initially, why they chose the people they chose to be at the TVA. Like maybe that would be kind of cool. And I don't even want to talk too much about that because I don't want to give anything away about the TVA here. But I don't think uh, a series about on Mobius specifically is the way to go. I think if we're gonna do that. It should be more based on the actual construction and like how the TVA came up and how long it's been around and where it started to where it's where it's gone up to the point of the events in Loki. I think that would be more interesting to me than than a Mobius uh, standalone series. What about you? I can see what you're saying. I think the only problem with doing that is you basically. I don't think you really have Mobius in it because the problem is like Owen Wilson. You got to think like. Yeah, they had enough money with, like, doing Loki with Tom Hiddleston and and Owen Wilson and and stuff like that. But most of the money in this cast was Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. (laughs) Like, that's what this was for this show. Like, most of the money was for these guys. So I feel like if Owen Wilson's going to do it, like, he's not going to take some side role (laughs) like the TVA. Like, they would have to almost make it, like, a spinoff show. Like, finding more about, like, his personal life and how he got to where he was but i think you're right like there's too much shit going on we saw how they fucked up eternals <laughs> excuse my language <laughs> like there's too much shit going on now now you got to tell the story on like 10 fucking eternals so you're right like unfortunately this is just the way the cookie crumbles but i do feel like owen wilson You know, he's kind of like, you know, it's like Christian Bale, right? Like, they really wanted to get Christian Bale onto Marvel. So he signed on as the villain for Thor The Dark World that comes out next year. Won't go into that. But it's the point of, like, you're not going to get Christian Bale to take some side role. (laughs) Like, you're not going to get Owen Wilson to be like, hey, man, 
we would love you in this TV show. We're going to have some, you know, some cameos, some clips. Maybe tell a little bit about your personal life and you get to have some battle scenes. And we want you to sign this contract. We'll pay you $2 million. He's going to say, fuck that. Why is this even on my table? Get the fuck out of here. Like, he wouldn't even consider that shit. No, absolutely not. So, like, I feel like the only way you can really bring Mobius back is if you did, like, a spinoff show or you're going to have to bring him into, like, the Avengers movies or something somehow. Like, I feel like that's the only way. Like, something like that, you know, Avengers or something on the level of, like, you know, how Spider-Man's about to be, something like that, that has the budget to do that. Because I don't see Owen Wilson just taking some side money. Does that make sense? Makes sense, but, like, there's a very easy way to do that in terms of giving him a lead role but having it just a piece of what the TVA does. And how you would do that is you would have multiple seasons of what the TVA, like, the, the bringing along what the TVA was from the beginning of time to where the events of Loki start and have each like maybe if there's four or five seasons of it have each season dedicated to one specific character so let's say season one is uh, is dedicated to ravona season two dedicated to mobius season three dedicated to hunter b15 you know season four dedicated to c20 that will come up later i'm like but i'm saying like that's how you could do it because he would be the star of that season and it'd be like 10 episodes of just his backstory there like that's how you do it is you know going through each like each important character of the tva in, in like a separate season leading up all together and bringing it and melding it into the timeline of Marvel where we start here at Loki like that's the way to do it yeah see okay see I could see that I was looking at it a little bit differently I was looking at it more like Game of Thrones style like it like all builds up but like with the same people but no that's a that's a really good idea which uh, before we I throw this to the shadow realm um, that brings me to a good point just since you said that it's interesting how you know, like all these Disney Plus series, right? Like Loki now, Hawkeye, you have, um, you know, what was the other one that just came out? WandaVision. Yeah, Falcon, Winter Soldier, all that stuff. Like a lot of these, they've talked about like really not even doing season, if they do a season two, it's going to be way down the road because it's after like the next like Avengers film and stuff. So I kind of like the way they did that because it's almost showing that there was so much information in it. They couldn't just go throw this. Like, for instance, like this Loki series, they couldn't just throw all this information into the new Thor movie. So I, I like the way they did it. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with you 100%. I love the way they did it. And if they don't bring seasons right back, then they've got to wait until the next major Avengers movie all it's going to do is build up the hype for like what could possibly like what are they going to go from it from there like you know all these different phases it's it's really interesting it's a great time to be a, a fantasy fiction fan a sci-fi fan an action adventure fan it's a really exciting time in the world because you know our technology has been at its peak that it, it's ever been at so all the crazy cool effects that we see on screen the actors are set we kind of had they're all like really prominent in their roles like this is like this is the peak time for these universes and and, and all the productions for for Marvel, for you know the Game of Thrones series, for uh, stuff going forward, The Witcher, like all the things that we covered, The Mandalorian, like this is the peak time, 
And you know, then I, and I hate to you know go so far off topic with this, but this is exactly why how far we come along as a society with our technology, with like, the great acting and like the the iconic moments of stuff. Like this would be the perfect moment for HBO to buy out the a Harry Potter series. Like, can you right. imagine oh, how yeah. great Literally. like like how great a Harry Potter series would be with all the new special effects that have been like you know what was the first movie come out in 2001 like you know how far along yeah. we've come since 2001 man like that would be so great to see all the new special effects and the things that they can do on screen that they couldn't do before when the Harry Potter films came out it would be so that's why it would be such an amazing time to you know give us a Game of Thrones style Harry Potter series and I don't want to get in too far on that but that where we are right now in society it's it's peak it's peak moment for all the stuff absolutely and uh just uh one last note before i throw this to the shadow realm that's what the malice card is for baby um one last note just how great is it like to even think about since we're talking about timelines you know how we're in the time that we're in how everything fell together for our show here and what's so great is you know everything fell into place like it did because we couldn't have done this show 15 years ago. Like, there, we couldn't have. There were no, the technology in the films and the technology, I mean, the books, technically, yes, we could have probably dove into the books, but it really doesn't give as much of a visual effect, as especially with the material we cover here, with being able to see something on screen. So it's just... Talking about timelines, it's amazing how everything falls into place because you take a show like us, you can't do our podcast show 20 years ago, 20, 30, 40 years ago. It can't exist. What are your I, thoughts I would on say, that? I would say, like, um, not, not even just the technology aspect of it. Like that's one part of it. But if you really think about the notoriety, that these mm-hmm. Marvel films back in the early 2000s and stuff, they were okay for its time but there was a lot of people who didn't really watch it didn't really care about it think about it now with all the mainstream social media instagram tiktok all the how big these actors platforms are actors and actresses platforms are like it's so massive that when any of these movies drop now it's like the whole world stops like you know ever since spider-man got uh, you know was was thought of uh, that's new like the no way home and then all of a sudden the tickets go on sale recently and it was they're all gone you can't buy one for the opening weekend at all like that's what i'm saying it's 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 like the the, the timing of the world all together including like the social media aspect the platforms of the actors and actresses the technology just you know it, the widespread uh notoriety of it, it it's perfect it's a, it's a great moment all around there's not any sort of marvel film or series that comes out now that people are okay with missing. They like, oh shoot, I gotta see this because this is gonna tie in. Oh my, I'm gonna see my favorite actor in here. Love Tom Holland. Like whatever it may be. Like back in, those, <laughs> like, like yeah. back, in, back in those days, it wasn't as important. People didn't care as much. Now, like people care a lot about it, and it's one of the biggest things that happens. Like one of the biggest events throughout a calendar year are some Marvel movies. Like that's it's crazy, man. Absolutely, and uh, just to capitalize off what you said there before we wrap this up, like. I remember the old Superman movies didn't do shit. Like, Joe Rogan talks about all the time how they were garbage. (laughs) Until, like, you know, these uh, really, honestly, ironically, Spider-Man, the original (laughs) Spider-Man, is kind of what amped all that, which kind of leads into today. But 
We won't get into all that, but we'll just say we'll give you a little hint here. Jay Nelly and I get the hookup though for opening weekend. <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> Jay Nelly and I uh, were able to snag some. <laughs> but uh, okay, let's get back to it, man. Anything else you want to say before I toss it to the shadows? No, toss it to the shadows and jump back in, brother. Off to the shadows, baby. Malice in the chalice. Off to the shadow realm. So yeah, here we are, back with Mobius, man. So Mobius, here's a big part in the show. Mobius shows Loki's life on a timeline. And he says, for someone born to rule, you sure like to lose a lot, you know? I would even say it's in your nature. <laughs> He's like just talking shit to him. I love it. And uh, Loki goes, you know things didn't turn out so well for the last person that said that to me. Mobius goes, oh, yeah, Phil Coulson, <laughs> the guy you speared. <laughs> Phil Coulson, he didn't say the guy you speared, but shows him, like, speared in the Avengers movies, which you've seen those before, and then just tells him before he shows him. So instantly, Loki's like, well, shit, okay. At first, he's kind of not even buying it, though, because it's, like, just history up on him, right? But Moby asks Loki if he enjoys hurting people and makes them feeling small. It was God of mischief, right? I don't see anything very mischief about this. And he's just kind of talking shit to him at this point. And Mobius shows him, like, all his escapes. He goes, let's talk about your escapes. <laughs> this was great. Like, all the ones that just went wrong. So, um, he goes, uh, and Loki goes, what can I say? I'm a mischievous scam, I guess. <laughs> and he shows him different ones. The first one is Loki on this place where on this plane where he hands a flight attendant a note and she thinks it's like a number because Loki is a smooth guy he knows how to play his cards but then he goes it's a bomb I've got a bomb on this plane like oh shit fuck so um then what happens is he just goes I'll see you again someday and you see like I couldn't tell if he kissed her or what he did but you could definitely tell there was some sort of connection with the flight attendant there There's Mr. Some... Mischievous did he kiss her at all I couldn't tell no he didn't kiss her he winked at her but like winked let's, at her let's, yeah. let's kind of get let's get some things that lead up to this let's kind of untangle this a little bit Mobius is the one that called Loki a mischievous scamp um but uh, okay yeah you're right about... my bad <laughs> that would be a little ironic if he called himself that <laughs> i wanted to uh talk a little bit about like when they get to the point where you had left off before we're talking about the tva and how there's no magic here but you got to see it in almost like a, like a star wars world like on coruscant or something like that uh, when he starts talking about how the time passes differently in the tva Loki scoffs at the notion that all of existence is controlled by three space lizards and the TVA. And the reason yep. why I wanted to make, like, put that point out there is because that's a huge foreshadow. Like, Loki had some sort of presence of mind to have this sort of thought process that didn't cross anybody in the TVA's mind before Loki got there. That there's something really fishy about the place. So I wanted to make sure that that was... Um, uh, we, we clarified that or put that out there. And then I also wanted to talk about this quote that Loki said, really details and gives evidence to what I just said. He says, The timekeepers have built quite a circus, and I see the clowns are playing it to perfection. So that was yeah. really, really cool because that's, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but he's not entirely wrong. <laughs> um, and then when you were talking about how Mobius keeps showing Loki all his greatest failures on like a continuous loop here, that's when you were talking about the 
this plane aspect here where he slides the number to her well, he, well she thinks it's a number and she like smiles at him and he's like you might want to take a look at that note I have a bomb and then you know, they, <laughs> they, uh, they kind of give him the cash on the, the they get everyone off the plane yep. and they give him the cash and they fly off and he gives her a wink he's like uh, he tells her like, you'll see her again someday and gives her a wink then jumps off you guys like like this is very easy to miss and this is something that almost frustrated me a little bit about Eternals. They did a little bit of a thing here where they make moments in history happen from characters of Marvel. So I don't right. know if anybody caught it or not, but basically Loki was supposed to be D.B. Cooper. And yeah. who D.B. Who Cooper is, he's, a, he's famous for hijacking a Boeing 727 aircraft between Portland and Seattle, Washington on November 24th, 1971. He extorted $200,000 in ransom and parachuted to an uncertain fate over South uh, Western Washington. So this criminal in real life, like this history that we, that we grew up learning in school about you know, the famous you know, bad guys over time, D.B. Cooper was one of the people that we learned about. Well, Marvel's making it seem like Loki was that guy. Like, like, so all these things in history, they happen from these Marvel characters, which is what Eternals did. I didn't really love the way Eternals did it. It was kind of funny how uh, Loki did it because what ends up happening, like I just said, that last, <laughs> that last sentence about he parachuted to an uncertain fate, you saw when he jumped out of that plane, Thor, like, 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 um, like <laughs> hit him with that. Asgard. <laughs> yeah, like he, like, like, like portaled him i don't i can't think of the name right like, like like he shot him with like some sort of uh uh summoning portal whatever and pulled him back out to asgard so like it, it's one of those things where it's very very easy to miss but they basically they're trying to tell us that loki was db cooper in american history uh and that the reason why they never found him and his fate was uncertain is because like uh thor transported him back into asgard like in mid jump, so that that's one of the things I definitely wanted to point out there because it's really interesting, very very low key. I say get it low key. <laughs> it's very <laughs> oh, something it that so you can eat. <laughs> you can so that was you can great. Easily I love miss it. it. <laughs> that was fantastic. No, it was excellent, man. Yeah, but that's just um, what I want to say. I'll let you jump back into it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so then from that point, so Mobius winds up telling Loki that. He wants him to be honest about what makes him tick. So he really wants to find out, you know, why he is the way he is so he can get a deeper understanding of him. And then Loki accuses Mobius of inspiring fear and tricking him, claiming that he's trying to, like, trick him to tell him these things. And Loki claims that everything he has done because he did is not because he he was allowed it to. So he's trying to tell Mobius that he controls his own destiny. And Mobius goes, he is going to start taking, <laughs> you're going to start taking things seriously. And then shows him picking up the Tesseract and uh, that uh, he was being taken to a cell on Asgard. And at this point, this is the one that really kind of connects with Loki. So he shows Loki meeting his mother on Asgard and Loki continues to deny everything. And Mobius tells him, the TVA knows your entire life path. And then Mobius shows him Loki and the Dark Elves killing his mother at this point. And it, it really sparks a chord in Loki. And that occurred in Thor The Dark World. So you're seeing these flashes from the different Marvel movies in the past that we're seeing. 
So during this moment, the TVA authority leader, <laughs> it was that B girl, the B one. I can't ever remember well, her name. She, yeah, she's she like interrupts leader, and yeah, what's her name? B something. She's the, yeah, she's the leader of the Minutemen. She's not the leader of the whole TVA, but her name is Hunter B fifteen. Hunter B fifteen. B fifteen in the Huntress. Sounds like a Mandalorian spinoff. <laughs> Just kidding about that. Anyways, so uh uh, she interrupts and tells Mobius that they have a situation and argues that Loki needs to, needs to be reset and they just lost another unit. Mobius comes back into the room and then Loki is gone. So he's just vanished. He's gone. Then we see Loki during his escape. He's going into the, one of the offices where this is what Jay Nelly was talking about earlier. So go well, into that. For, first off, like he didn't just escape. If you remember, like uh, Mobius helped him up from the ground like picked him up from the ground and during that exchange he pickpocketed Mobius and was able to get like access to his control that had the collar on because remember a few times oh yeah so like, the collar transfer yeah exactly that okay, collar yeah, remote right. control like uh, that Mobius would hit and make Loki go back to the chair go back to the chair anytime he tried to do anything like mm-hmm. uh, when he helped Loki up off the ground Loki pickpocketed him and now Loki has control of his own uh, remote of the collar that's on him and he's able to go through places throughout the um, the TVA but also, I thought that this was another really important uh, uh, quote that Mobius told him before this starts happening. Um, Mobius tells Loki before Loki pickpockets him, he says, You weren't born to be king, Loki. You were born to cause pain and suffering and death. That's how it is. That's how it was. That's how it will be. Also, so others can achieve the best versions of themselves, meaning like the Avengers and all the other people around him. So I thought that was pretty important because it, it's basically it's, it's making Loki kind of get introspective about his life and like who he is as a person. And like you know, that's why this uh, this show, this episode is called Glorious Purpose, right? I mean, that's right. one of the famous things that Loki says a lot is you know Glorious Purpose. But like having uh, seeing his like his life on a loop and everything that all the movies that the Marvels that had gone through like didn't quite get to where it's going to go here in just a little bit, but. Um, like all of that is just super important to where it's changed. It's almost like it's changing Loki's mindset little by little. Like he was always like from the start of when he got captured, he's kind of been unbothered by things. But like you said, I think the big first like you know, the snap reality moment is when Mobius showed him uh, him sending the elves up the wrong staircase and them killing his mother and Thor Dark World. And so then he sees that, like, because uh, remember, that didn't happen yet, because this is 2012 Loki. This isn't the right. Loki, like you said, right. from Endgame. So Loki doesn't know he's done this yet. Meaning, like, he, like, so he feels, he feels some type of way about it when he sees that he's responsible for killing his mother on the, on the life of his screen there. And so that was the first thing that kind of, like, shakes his foundation a little bit. And then learning about, you know, like, he'll, we'll see about what happens with his life and how it ends up especially when we get through the, the whole movie, the, all the, the continuous loop of his life. Um, but yeah, it's just it's starting to shake him and it's starting to like make him question what his purpose is. Like, am I really just someone as like a sideshow to everything, everyone else's like life? Or, you know, I, I, that's why I just think it's important to discuss that there. But I'll, I'll let you get back into it. No, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, so uh, Loki, during his escape, though, this is the part Jay Nelly was talking about. He goes to see the agent Casey. It was so funny. Was he threatens him? He's like, <laughs> yeah. He was like, tell me where the tesseract is, or I'll gut you like a fish. <laughs> he 
just like uh, threatens him with a violent and painful death. You'll meet a violent and painful death if you don't tell me where the Tesseract is. And so he's like, okay. So what happens at this moment, this is where it was so important earlier, what Jay Nelly was talking about. So the agent Casey gives him the Tesseract and hands it to him. And Loki notices Infinity Stones in his office drawer. And he just goes, oh, are those actually, are those Infinity Stones? And he goes, oh, yeah, we actually got a lot of those. Some guys use them as paperweights. (laughs) That's great. Absolutely phenomenal. And Loki just realized, like, the greatest power in the universe is sitting in, like, the office drawer of the TDA. Like, shows they really don't give a shit. Like, he truly is a pussycat compared to what they deal with on a regular basis. Like, they do not care. Like, how crazy um, is that, though, that yeah. five, like, five, six Infinity Stones, like, destroyed all of, half of Earth. I'm sorry. Like, when Thanos snapped it, five Infinity Stones destroyed half of all living creatures on Earth. Those things don't even register as more than paperweights in the TVA. That's insane. <laughs> oh, this is excellent. Um, so at this point, Loki knows, like, there's no point in fighting this. Like, just, he just goes back to where he was. Uh, and this is where it really triggers this emotional moment for him. So yes. he rewatches the scene where his mother and father died and begins to tear up. He watches himself fight side by side with Valkyrie and Thor. On, and that occurred in Ragnarok. So if you wanted to see a flashback of there, go watch that movie. But then this is the moment that like, he's in shock that he can't believe. So as we talked about Infinity War, remember where he tried to attack uh, Thanos with the knife and um, you know tried to catch him off guard. And Thanos chokes him out and then snaps his neck and throws him on the ground. Loki watches this. And then watches the ship get destroyed and blow up uh, as everyone's on it. And then it says, end of file. <laughs> and uh, that was, yeah, take it. No, I don't, want to, I don't want to take anything. I just want to be like, I, for someone who, like, because I never did, but I know you did. You worked in a movie theater, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, so this is <laughs> like did. the old school. Six years in high yeah. school. <laughs> to college. So this is like that old school kind of like film thing. When the when the the projection like the the film reel goes to its end, you kind of got to see that as when it says end of file, the little tape thing, and it flew off the end of the like the film reel. So like that was the whole movie of his life. I thought that was really cool to show almost like a movie theater. Like you got to the end of the movie, which is Loki's yep. life. So I thought that would resonate with someone like you who would who worked in a movie theater back then when they still use the film reel. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Um, that. Yeah, that's, you know, what's funny now is like right towards the end of my time there. That's when they started going digital. So that's another like side note, how everything's really progressed over the years. So, yeah, no, that's a that's a great note. I, I love that. That's awesome. Um, at this moment too, remember the lead of the TCA, a TC, TVA, <laughs> the TCA, the TVA agent like enters and goes, uh, so what's so funny? And Loki just says, glorious purpose. <laughs> so that's why I mentioned that name earlier. And just like Jay Nelly said, it actually does play a significant role. This is one of the few times where these episodes' names actually kind of show like a full circle moment here. And he fights back and like engages in combat. 
he takes off the collar and this is a big point like taking off the collar like you said um so that collar where it would put him just like gene ellie said in a continuous loop so if you tried to escape he would be transported right back to where he was before so you can't like go out of this exact moment in time and he removes it and then locks it on to what do you call her b15 <laughs> Did I get it right that time? Yeah, B-15. Almost like BB-8, but B-15. So he locks it onto B-15's neck. I called her the lead TVA. <laughs> so but so every time she tries to attack him, she reloops back into the same time spot. So she can't do anything, and she can only go wherever Loki wants her to go at this point. So uh, Mobius, Loki reloops her. And then Mobius discovers Loki is back in the room. Loki recognizes that he can't go back to his timeline and tells Mobius, this is where this is a big important moment. He tells Mobius that he doesn't enjoy hurting people, but it's part of the illusion. So he has, in quote, quote, unquote, a desperate play for control. Uh, Loki, he describes as the, he describes himself as a villain. And Mobius says, that's not how I see it, Loki. And then he goes, Loki even says the Infinity Stones are useless here, describing that no matter what he does, like you can't use magic now. They took that away the minute you were being judged. You're finding Infinity Stones in an office drawer. Like you're, you're fucked. Like, sorry, but you're just going to have to go with it because they will find you in the words of Taken. I will find you. <laughs> I, will get, I will take you. <laughs> like that's exactly what these people will do. Anyways, um, so at this point, Mobius tells him, "I can't offer you salvation, but maybe I can af- offer you something better. A fugitive variant has been killing Minutemen." And then Loki says, "And you need me as the god of mischief to help you solve it." Mobius goes, that's right. And Loki says, why me? And Mobius says, the variant we're hunting here is you. And at this moment, then we're taken to, it's uh, basically a, a change on the screen. And we're taken to uh, Selena, Oklahoma in 1858. The TVA arrives through a time door and sees a shovel on the ground. And they realize it's not from this time because we're in 1858 here. This is a shovel of a third millennial. Um, and then they discover oil on the ground. And they quote said, We think some jackass found himself a timeline and came back to get rich. Not worth the paperwork. Let's bail. <laughs> so like they just like, whatever, we got better shit to deal with. At this moment, this is when they notice there is someone cloaked at, with a hooded cloak standing in the middle of a field. The TVA heads to go attempt to apprehend this person in the field, but the target drops a lantern. It breaks, ignites the field on fire. Then the TVA authority are trapped in the field on fire. And then you see that red hourglass, like the hourglass kind of looking thing we were talking about before, resetting things, all this kind of stuff going on. Uh, The red hourglass thing, it goes back through, uh, goes back to... Uh, goes back to like resetting the timeline um, at this point and that's where the episode ends and that was episode one glorious purpose so we see at the end this is where we've seen what potentially could be the other loki 
that they're searching for, and it's in 1858 in Oklahoma. So it's jumping through all these different timelines. Um, so yeah, would you uh, anything you want to add on there for episode one? Yeah, just like my like last takeaways of what episode one kind of um, put into it, and. And this is okay, guys. Let me give you this. Uh, Chase gets like a ninety-eight percent here with the quotes between Mobius <laughs> and and, uh, and Loki. I just I'm always like oh, a stickler for getting it exactly right because, like I said, I, I've said this a trillion times. I watch it with the uh, subtitles on and I just copy it word for word from here. Mm-hmm. But um, so I'm just gonna go back and like it was very very close. Like honestly, this is just a nitpicky thing on my end. But um, when he and because Loki was sitting there on on his butt holding the tesseract and and uh, Mobius asked him, "Did you try to use that?" He's like, "Oh, several times." <laughs> I thought that yeah. was funny, but you could he realized obviously that he couldn't use the tesseract, wasn't gonna get anywhere. Um, but to talk about that final revelation, the big shock or wow factor of this episode, um, this is where Mobius the words where he says, "A fugitive variant's been killing our Minutemen, and you need the God of Mischief to help you stop him." That's right. Why me? The variant we're hunting is you. And then it was like, uh, I think it's either Salina, Oklahoma, or Salina, Oklahoma. That's how you say that there. But uh, yeah, then another thing too is like, I don't know, what what was that? Did you, I know you called it a shovel, but was it an actual shovel? Like, I called it an artifact. I couldn't really tell what the thing was in the ground there. (laughs) I thought it was like Um, a shovel. I couldn't tell what it was. I just knew it was from like a third millennial. I just saw it was shoved in the ground. So I assumed it was like a shovel or something. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. I just called it an artifact because I couldn't really tell. But yeah, I thought it was kind of cool there when they had the oil over the ground and he touched it. And like like you had mentioned this where they said, ah, it's probably some jackass who found himself a time machine and came back to get rich. Um, But they didn't realize like that sealed their fate, them standing in the oil, because the person in the hooded figure over there was holding that lantern and dropped it and engulfed them in flames because the oil was all the oil was all (laughs) over the ground. So uh, that person that has been killing these Minutemen we just see it happen once more. They said at the beginning of the episode that that was like six attacks in a week. Well, that just made it seven. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I yep. thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, that's kind of how it ends out. Um, yeah, I, I, the episode was great. It was a great way to start the the series. It, it was enough to kind of keep you interested. There wasn't a ton of action, but it was okay because there was so much backstory. I almost I almost prefer that. I prefer like a plot line and a a backstory to great action on scene because like we can always lead into great action you can't always put a great poly together after you make good action you know what i mean so i like the way they're doing it they're they're building it up the right way so i enjoyed the the first episode uh what about you yeah i thought it was great i mean it's just i mean that's kind of why guys we can't put like i tried not to put too much dialogue into that like we can put a lot of dialogue with you know game of thrones and westworld and stuff when we're on these super long like drawn out arcs and stuff but the reason there's not a lot of dialogue in that is because there's a lot of information we don't want you to miss as far as understanding things and a lot of times with dialogue and that sort of thing it can really kind of catch you off guard because it's very important stuff happening here happening here that's gonna take place later on Uh, So I thought it was great. And just like you said, it wasn't a lot of action, but it's because it's a lot of information that they had to explain in one episode that's going to affect all these things later on, not just even this series, but really the entire Marvel Universe. So I thought it was uh, I thought it was great. It was an awesome episode, really unexpected 
to for that to come out of nowhere like it did this summer but great stuff man i'll let you take episode two yeah sounds like a plan so to jump into episode two we start off the screen kind of puts us in oshkosh wisconsin in 1985 we see the minutemen go through this portal and they're looking for the variant and they think they locate it in this little it almost looked like a tent uh you know very similar if you guys ever been to walt disney world like uh pete's silly sideshow it very much kind of looked like that inside um but anyways they realize that too late it's a trap so the hooded figure that we saw from the end of this last episode that dropped the lantern we were just talking about then engulfed the other men in flames uh she sneaks up behind C-20, which is the commander of this squad of Minutemen. And, like, the, the hooded figure touches C-20 on the temple and all of a sudden, like, has control of her body. And I thought it was cool. It had some great music playing and uh, it was, like, so, like, like, kind of rock and roll way out of the time for 1985. I don't know. Like, it was, like, it, was, it wasn't, like, rock and roll music. It was a mixture of, I don't know. It was, it was just very upbeat. You guys can go listen to it. That's not an important part. But, anyways... Uh, they, so between her taking control of C20's mind and like body functions and uh, the hooded figure itself, they take out the rest of the Minutemen and the hooded figure takes C20 captive through a portal. So now we go back to the TVA and we learn that when, so th- this is like back to our schoolhouse rock girl, Miss Minutes. Uh, you know, that was a big, before that, before I'm, where I'm at right now, that was a big action leading into it. So we we're talking about there's not a lot of action that goes on. Well, guess what? Episode two did its right by us by opening up with some great action. You got to see, you know, people whooping all the Minutemen's ass between the hooded figure and then the the mind controlled uh, C20. And now we just know that C20 is held captive, is the prisoner of whoever this hooded figure is. So we go back to the TVA and learn that when a Nexus event branches past the red line the tva can no longer reset that nexus event which would lead to the destruction of the timeline and collapse reality as we know it so that was an important thing there that we learn in that moment with miss minutes and where the why the red line is important like you guys see on the on those i don't know the tablets whatever they, they call them on, that they flip open you see when something branches there is a red line that they can't let it get past or else they won't be able to reset that so there, that's very important piece to notate right there um mobius takes loki on the mission to go investigate the attack they collected enough temporal aura to know that it is the loki variant that they have been chasing but they still don't know which kind of loki and that's when mobius opens up his little hologram and we see a variation of different lokis throughout the years and we learn that loki variants have been pruned almost more than any other kind of variant in history which is hilarious, you know, because they're the god of mischief. So obviously, they're probably causing a lot of the problems <laughs> when it comes to the timeline and these nexus events and things that aren't supposed to happen. And you know, they're just they're doing their job, right? They're causing mischief, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> um, we learn some of Loki's abilities and powers, such as shape shifting and illusion projection. And Loki even corrects Mobius, and when he talks about the illusion projection, he said it's a duplication casting not illusion protect, projection. He says that there are two completely different powers. Illusion projection involves depicting a detailed image from outside oneself, which is perceptible in the external world, where duplication casting entails recreating an exact facsimile of one's own body in its present circumstance, which acts as a true holographic mirror 
of its molecular structure. I thought that was awesome. Like, what a way to get awesome. a, de- a detailed description. We learned it like exactly there. And then I, I thought it was even funnier. Was well, we just like, calm down. It <laughs> like, <I> <laughs> was great. Like, I, like, take calm it down. Easy, you're still a pussy yeah. cat. Yeah, like, <laughs> take it easy, guy. Like, you got you're getting all hyped great. up for nothing, man. It's not a big deal. We made a mistake between illusion projection and duplication casting. Like, let's take a breather. <laughs> but. Uh, what we want is like Loki we find out what Loki wants and Loki wants a meeting with the timekeepers and I jotted that down as, as a foreshadow um, but next thing though is Loki brings up a pretty good question and he asks why don't they just travel back to before the attack when the variant first arrived and like you know fix it from there like hey let's instead of us chasing this thing all around why don't we go back in time to where it first started and take it out then and then we don't have these problems going forward and Mobius tells him that's because Nexus events destabilize the time flow, and the branch is still changing and growing, so they have to show up in real time. So it's another good explanation of why they can't do what Loki suggested, which would have been a smart idea. And this is why I love about this film and the series is that they are making time travel at least understandable. That's what that's been the hardest part. Like even going back again, I, I hate bringing old works back into this thing that we've gone past but the whole harry potter thing with the time turner that's one of the biggest problems we had is like there was no real idea or explanation of how the time travel works and what rules are allowed what rules aren't allowed like what is and what what could be and what couldn't be but this this show is doing a really good job of getting us to understand the rules of time travel as they want us to know it anyways right like obviously no one in the real world to our knowledge has time traveled so we don't know what really it is but they are at least making this uh, this thought and giving good explanation behind it so that way we can follow along and kind of understand what happens throughout the changing of timelines and where they can go in the past and the present and the future the rules why they can why they can't that's what i think is really important when we going into these dialogues and learning about um, them kind of crossing paths with all these timelines because that's what the TVA does they jump in to different timelines making sure everything stays according to the sacred timeline so anyways uh, now we kind of learn what those time like those hourglass things that Chase was talking about where they twist we learn what they're called they're actually called reset charges and so what they do is they prune the affected radius of a branch timeline allowing time to heal its wounds which Loki says so disintegrate everything in its vicinity <laughs> that's that's what it does. That's what the the reset charge does. Um, so now they kind of go in and they they investigate the area of all the people that we saw in the beginning that were killed by C twenty, who was mind captured by the hooded figure, and Loki tries to trick them. He he Loki tells them an elaborate story about the other variant setting a trap outside the tent. He tells Mobius that he can deliver the variant but requires an immediate meeting with the timekeepers and that is when mobius catches on to the lie and realizes like like there's no one out there because like loki had him going for a little bit like he he came up with a really cool elaborate story made us all believe it in a way but then when he realized like he could do it but when mobius learned what loki wanted to return he's like ah you're just saying this now so you can get what you want we're not in any real danger and so he's like, you pack, he's like, pack it up, then they reset the timeline. So now we go back to the TVA, and Mobius goes to his boss, Ravona, who we saw as the judge from last episode. And, you know, we learn about who, a little bit how she approves missions and things of that nature. Um, but anyways, he goes to Ravona after that failed mission, and she chastises him about taking along Loki. Uh, Ravona tells Mobius that the timekeepers 
are monitoring every aspect of this case and that she's never seen them so involved with the case before. So Ravona gives Mobius one last chance with what I, I call our Loki, right? Because like we're going to be dealing with the other variations of him. So I'm just going to call him our Loki, the one that we've known throughout the years at Marvel. So this is also a pretty easy part to miss here too because he, he like kind of makes jokes about how he's her favorite analyst and um, he, he has all the she has all the trophies on her wall and and how, like who brought this but anyways he's like she signs off on his like gives him the approval for this mission and he picks up this pen and on that pen it says Franklin D Roosevelt High School and that's a really important part because what is this high school pen doing in the TVA office and especially when we go into further episodes here that we'll get into weeks from now. Yeah, um, exactly. I'm not going to give mm-hmm. anything away. But that pen is very, very easy to miss. Something that, you know, really important to catch on to there. So, anyways, going back into it. Mobius says that if it doesn't work, this plan doesn't work, that he'll delete Loki himself. So, Mobius gives Loki his last chance. And that's to go over each of the variant's case files and give him his perspective to see if there's something that the TVA might have missed. So Loki starts kind of going through the files a little bit, then he has an even better idea, and he approaches like this secretary, or this librarian in a way, I don't even know what I would call her, but he asks for files pertaining to the creation of the TVA, the beginning of time, and the end of time, but to no avail because those are all classified. And he asks, well, what uh, files do I have access to? And this was pretty fucked up on the secretary's part, or the librarian's part, but she gives him the files to the destruction of Asgard. Like, like, yeah. like, like oh, yeah, you go here. You can have this one. Here, go ahead and take a look at this. And so we learned that the destruction of Asgard had 9,719 casualties. That's like yeah. the whole population cool. of it there. But what it does do, even though she did that kind of being a bitch, like, what it did end up doing is it gave Loki an, an idea and a hunch because – them destroying Asgard was like an apocalyptic event for that planet. So he starts thinking and he ends up finding Mobius and tells Mobius that he thinks that the variant is hiding in other apocalypses. So his explanation of how it's possible that the variant is hiding in the apocalypse is, this is what he says. He says, if everything and everyone around you is destined for imminent destruction, then nothing you say or do will matter because the timeline is not going to branch because it gets destroyed. Hence, the variant could be hiding in the apocalypse and they wouldn't know. And this is pretty cool because now they gotta kinda test this theory out, so they take it over to Pompeii in Italy in 79 AD to test this theory out. And so, and then when they get there, um, Mobius tells them, like, just do little things to cause little ripples, like, like, make whooshing sounds like don't do anything crazy like just do little tiny things that would disrupt the timeline and we'll see on this on this like pad here this temp pad that's what it ends up being called I mean that doesn't really give anything away but we learn what that's called later on but you know on the temp pad it doesn't he doesn't want it to cause anything crazy spike because he doesn't want it to redline where they can't reset it so Loki is like mm, probably not and he just makes causes a huge scene in the whole city <laughs> He, like, jumps up on the crate, kicks the goats out of the trailer, screams that they're all going to die, and that nothing matters. Uh, and he just makes a whole scene and ends up being that Loki. <laughs> he throws the cabbage. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he does. He throws the cabbage, and he makes this whole scene. And then 
uh, we kind of see Pompeii, like the Mount Vesuvius, erupt. Like in the the fallout come towards the city of Pompeii, and we learn there that Loki is right. There was zero variance energy and no branching on the timeline in these apocalyptic events. So we get this uh, little, they take us back to the TVA here, and, and I thought this was a really cool part, and I really do hope it's a foreshadow. I'm, I'm going to give a prediction after everything here about this one moment. Um, but I thought it was like a cool moment of, of pure happiness where Loki asks Mobius, you know, what's up with like the jet ski magazine? And yeah. Mobius says, in the early 1990s, for a brief shining moment, there was a beautiful union of form and function, which we call the jet ski. And a reasonable man cannot differ. And Loki asks him, well, "Has he ever been on one?" And he said, "You know, he says no." Like really disappointed. But uh, I think you know before maybe I won't even save it for the end of this show. I'll say it right now. Like my prediction is before this series ends, Mobius will ride a jet ski, and it will be awesome. So I will say yeah, that. that would be That's, awesome. Yeah, I think somehow they're <laughs> gonna make it happen. Maybe they go back into whatever. Who knows how they're gonna do it. But I think that before Loki series ends as a whole, our boy Mobius will ride his jet ski. <laughs> Just shows them both riding off into the sunset on jet skis. <laughs> like Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. <laughs> That's great. That would be really it's funny. It's been a long day. The timeline begins. <laughs> That's fantastic. Tell you all about it when I reset it again. <laughs> I love it, man. Fucking great. <laughs> uh, back to you, Jay Nelly. <laughs> that was good, man. I'll, I'll give you that. That was, that was pretty clever. Um, but now we have this kind of conversation where Loki's trying to get Mobius to realize that things just really don't make sense. Like They're going to have a conversation about it. So I actually wrote down this old dialogue, and I know I always give Chase a hard time about writing so much dialogue down, but like I thought this was important, when, especially when it comes to understanding and getting like a, a, a realization moment. Like We're going to see two different perspectives from Mobius and from Loki, and as an yep. audience member, you can choose to identify with one or the other. So I thought it was pretty cool here. So Mobius says... If you think too hard about where any of us came from, who we truly are, it sounds kind of ridiculous. Existence is chaos. Nothing makes any sense, so we try to make some sense of it. And I'm just lucky that the chaos I emerged into gave me all of this, my own glorious purpose. Because the TVA is my life, and it's real because I believe it's real. And Loki replies, fair enough, you believe it's real. So everything is written. Past, present, future. There's no such thing as free will. So in fact, in a way, you and I here at the TVA, we're the only ones who are actually free? And Mobius asks, well, where are you going with this, Loki? Loki replies, how does it all end? And Mobius says, that's a work in progress. And Loki goes on and says, oh, those lazy timekeepers, what are they waiting for? Mobius says, while we protect what came before, they're toiling away in their chamber, untangling the epilogue from its infinite branches. Ah, I see. So when they're finished, what happens then? Mobius says, so are we. No more nexus events, just order, and we meet in peace at the end of time. So like now, like this, this, like that was what he believes, and this is what the TVA has kind of instilled in 
in him and Loki's trying to like get him to critically think outside of how does that make any sense and Mobius's argument is like well think about where you came from right like you're you're a god of a planet you came from a titan whatever it is like you know like, none of it like, an ice monster like none of this none of it really makes any sense like we just we live with what we are born into and that is what's our reality and and Loki's kind of like well no that's because that means nothing is for, like no one no one's really free we're all kind of set upon a path like we don't think we have any choices at all in our decisions and so it's a cool little conundrum that they're discussing anyways i'll go on there and loki this is where loki kind of gets back at mobius and says well, you know you told me i was a scared little child but i know something children don't and mobius asks well what's that it's like that no one bad is ever truly bad and no one good is ever truly good which is great because you know he his whole point to this in where he is in this timeline remember this is 2012 loki he's only been a bad guy up until this point but that kind of gives you an idea in his own mindset that he isn't a full bad guy he like he does bad things but he thinks that the ends justify the means in a way so i thought it was cool to get that little perspective on loki himself uh but what that does when they start talking about being a children and like you know how no one ever good is truly good no one ever bad is truly bad it gives mobius an idea from the that, that reference and he goes to the evidence play with a place where they keep the evidence and this is what chase was talking about how this piece of candy comes up later on he grabs that clablooey candy that the uh variant left behind in the hands of that one child last episode and we learn that clablooey was only sold on earth between 2047 to 2051 so that what they need to do is they need to find an apocalyptic event in that time period and that is where they should be able to find where the variant is hiding and so they figure out where it's going to be and mobius goes to get mission clearance from ravona and they have this i thought this was really funny because <laughs> it showed like how frustrated <laughs> like how like not frustrated i would say but she was so agitated by loki ravona was so ravona tells mobius i have to tell you that trusting this man is not a good idea and mobius tells her back no i know but maybe he's worth the trouble i mean he's just uncovered a huge hole in our security and ravona said that's what concerns me <laughs> like, like he's been here for like two days <laughs> and like he's already uncovered a whole like, huge hole in our security like like that's it's really funny i, I really enjoyed that moment but um anyways she gives her approval for the mission so now we're getting kind of geared up and hunter b15 she gives a debrief before they depart uh they like they get like mobius goes to give loki weapon and and hunter b15 grabs like nope you ain't getting no weapons my guy um then she kind of leads the charge here because it's her mission she says remember this is a class 10 apocalypse while the variant shouldn't know we're coming he could be hiding anywhere and should be considered hostile so stay alert every time there is an attack the variant steals a reset charge he's planning something we just don't know what and then they they go into that portal and it takes us to alabama in 2050 and hunter b15 makes loki stay with her and say like his mobius is like okay loki and i are going this way and you guys and then she's like no like the variant stays with me like b15 was very very emphatic that she was going to have an eye on loki because she doesn't trust him mobius seems like he's willing to let loki decide for himself like hey listen i'm giving you this like this you know uh some slack on the leash here show me you can earn it where b15's like no i'm not even gonna take a chance like i'm not letting you screw me over so you're staying with me loki um and so as they start walking we start to see like a, like a security room 
and we see that the variant is watching the security cameras and knows that the TVA is there and she sets a charge on a countdown from 20 minutes and then it starts you know timing down as she walks away from that area now they're, they're walking through the, it almost looks like a Costco right that's what I, I kind of put it there like I don't I, I didn't put down the uh, actual name of it uh, rocks cart I, I think it, the, the thing was called rocks cart or something like that um, but it's like it has everything. Think of a, think of a big Costco where it's got plants, groceries, uh, like anything <laughs> that you want in there at all. But they they stop this guy who's looking at plants, and Loki thinks it could be the variant. Um, you know, because like, like, why the hell are you shopping for plants in the middle of an apocalypse? Like, like there's this huge hurricane storm, and you're gonna shop for plants? Like they're gonna be flooded? It doesn't make any sense. So that kind of tips Loki off to like, hey, this this could be me. Like this could be a variant of myself. Uh, so 100 B-15 approaches, and uh, as she approaches, that guy who's in the pants grabs her wrist, and we see this magic green energy flow from the man. It's 100 B-15. So, yeah, that guy was under the variant spell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so now we've got 100 B-15. She's being controlled by the variant, and it talks to our Loki. And you can tell that they are the same variants because they have very similar mannerisms. Like, how nonchalant they were, how like she had her hands behind her back and like did that arrogant little smile thing to him and like he'd smiled back. Like they're, you can see they have very similar mannerisms and I think that was to show us there's no doubt that this is a Loki variant. Um, now we kind of jump back to Mobius where one of the Minutemen tells him to take a look at what he found and they go into this, that, that, that room where the uh, security footages are and we see uh, C-20, the commander of the Minutemen from the beginning of the episode, who was taken hostage by the hooded figure. Um, she just keeps repeating the same phrase, it's real, it's real, it's real, over and over again. And apparently, the po- this, like, like, it's, it, starts to, it seems like it scrambled her mind a little bit. So she, she's shaken up, but she's not doing anything other than like hunkering into herself. It's almost like she has gone crazy in a way have you ever seen those shows it just seems like someone who's you know lost their marbles in a way like their brains finally cracked is basically the best way i could put it and how she just keeps repeating that same phrase over and over again but then it jumps back to where hunter b15 is talking to our loki and apparently the the power to control other people's minds and, and bodies is called enchantment and that's going to be important learning going forward into this series as well uh and that's where B-15 grabs a store worker, and then the enchantment shifts from B-15 to the store worker, and B-15 collapses on the ground, and then now we've got the store worker there. He's, you know, flapping the gums and talking, and Loki tells a variant that he's going to overthrow the timekeepers. Uh, no, well, he, he, basically, he thinks that that's what the variant's objective is, and the variant tells him no, and that it's not interested in ruling the TVA. Like that's not what the the whole thing is. Like, like Loki thinks that that's gonna be this variant's mission, and variant's like, no, I've got much bigger plans than ruling the TVA. But think about this: for people who are listening to this episode today, but have also finished the series already, how big is that moment where Loki asks if they're gonna rule the TVA? So, yeah. uh, if, if, if that variant wants to rule the TVA, like that's gonna come up real big. Um, Mm-hmm. Like in the last episode that we'll do two weeks from now. Um, going back into it, C20 kind of comes back to herself in a way. She shakes herself out of it and tells them 
that she's told the variant how to find the timekeepers. And that is actually something that opens up into next week's episode, the very beginning of it. She, like she did, she did tell uh, the variant how to find the timekeepers. And we'll talk about that in the beginning of next week's episode when we see some other things on screen. But anyways, now the enchantment flows from the worker to another customer. And he's like a bigger guy in a camouflage long sleeve and brown fabric vest, like backwards ball cap. And the variant in this body just starts whooping Loki's ass, like just knocking him around <laughs> yeah. the whole store. Like, mm-hmm. like just obviously like super built and powerful. Like not like, like Jack or anything, like just like a bigger guy. You know, I think of like, I think of like a trucker. Like he's like, he reminds me of like someone who would drive truck around the country or <laughs> whatever. I don't know what he was, but um, the, after their little battle or, whatever you call that that variant in that form says brace yourself loki and then all of a sudden that body collapses then the real variant finally appears under a hood and so this whole time and you guys have been noticing i've been using the word it instead of talking about the variant as a certain pronoun the reason why is because this whole time the tva has been under the assumption that like it's a it's a he like they've said that in their quotes you know even going back as early as where they give the the debrief before going to the apocalypse you know while the variant shouldn't overcoming he could be hiding anywhere and should be considered hostile stay alert and every time that there is an attack the variant steals a recharge he's planning something we just don't know what so like this whole tva is very much under the assumption of a certain pronoun and when the the variant lifts the hood the variant's actually lady loki and she yeah. plays an important part in the the Marvel comics, but uh, yeah, this whole time it was it was not a, a he, it was a she, and thought that was really cool. Loved the way that they did that. And so Lady Loki engaged all the other chargers that she set up, and they start dropping through portals. And what we find out is that she just bombed the sacred timeline. And so then at that point, as all that stuff's happening and you go back to TVA and like the almost like almost reminds you of like NASA or like Houston's like where oh Houston we got a problem with people and that the control room like oh my gosh like what's going on and you see like like things happening on the screen to it uh, as that's happening we go back to Lady Loki and she opens a portal to exit from that temp pad and she walks through it and leaves it open and our Loki hesitates for a moment and we hear Mobius like yelling at him to stop but he takes that moment and then follows Lady Loki through the portal and it shuts right before Mobius and the Minutemen get there. And that closes out episode two. So awesome. that is what we had there. Did you have anything that you want to add that I missed on there? Some things that stuck out to you or did that pretty much cover everything and just give you, you want to give your thoughts on it? Like tell me, tell me uh, things that are going on on your end over there. Yeah, no, you pretty much covered it. Uh, the only thing I thought that was really funny was, um, when he was in Pompeii <laughs> and he was like giving that speech, he was like, so go ahead and enjoy your last meal because nothing matters. <laughs> he was just like kind of more giving his point. Like if this is all real, that nothing matters, then why give a shit anymore? <laughs> so I thought it was funny, but no, uh, no, man, you hit the nail on the head. Everything was perfect. That was great. Cool. I guess that helps us jump into, you know, um, our, our thoughts on this specific episode before we get into, like, questions and debates we had uh, for these two collaboratively. But, you know, my, my thoughts on this episode, 
is it really danced to perfection the little bit of leading into like you know it's like still having us learn new things about where the series is going so we can keep up with okay why certain things are the way they are when it comes to jumping timelines when it comes to the sacred timeline when it comes to nexus events and branching and how we can't go past red line here and also action with you know who we now know as lady loki taking out the minutemen in the beginning and then you know they go and they go into pompeii and they're seeing all these big apocalyptic destructions we realize you know that that she could be hiding in these areas but we get to see these things happen we get to see mount vesuvius erupt over pompeii we get to see or we get to reread about like how asgard was destroyed and there was 9719 casualties and then we get to go to that that spot in alabama where she was hiding into at rocks cart that that convenience store and we got to see more things we got to see some magic powers of what she's able to do to enchant people and like how she can control them and we got to see some cool battle like fights between loki and and the people that she was controlling and then you know that big reveal that it was not you know we were we, you were probably thinking it was the other, like my thought process and i will tell you this straight up because of there was a book that just came out uh regarding that as well and so I thought because of the timeline of it releasing of the book that it's called Loki uh, Where Mischief Lies and on the front of it it looks like a, like a teenager look like a kid Loki maybe 13 years old or so and so I thought it was going to be like a kid version of Loki you know and I know some people thought it was just going to be someone that looked directly like the Loki that we've always known maybe just the I don't know little small differences in appearance so you can tell the two apart the fact that they brought in Lady Loki, that was really impressive and something that, you know, it's very hard to catch me off guard with certain things, but I did not see that coming. So with that big reveal on top of it, and then on, and then from there, we have our Loki follower through the portal, so now he's out of control of the TVA, but we don't know what his motives are in following this Lady Loki. So I thought this episode, too, was really big for the series. Uh, it was... It was really important. I, I think it was one of the better episodes in the series. So that's my thought on it. What about you? Yeah, no, I think that was great. Uh, you know, what's funny is we were talking about that book over the summer because <laughs> we were thinking it might be more similar to the book. And then, yeah, the book I've read, part of the book, it's more about, it is about like the timelines and that sort of thing, but it's more about like, it takes back flashes into flashbacks into Loki's past and that sort of thing. Then you actually hear a little bit about the variant <laughs> that we find out, you know, more about later on. But yeah, it's, I thought it was a great perspective. I love that they did. Um, Lady Loki, I guess is what we'll call her <laughs> for now. I think that's great. So I, I thought it was great. I thought it was super creative. Um, it was really unexpected how detailed and creative this show was uh when it came out and and that's what i really enjoyed about it is we're not seeing something like just a normal thor loki mashup or anything like we usually see like it's not another ragnarok And, and that's what's so great about it and it's something that now without this series the marvel universe could not go into its next phase Without this series here, Marvel Universe is not the same. So it's it's pretty awesome. But yeah, man, you want to dive into the debates? You got any debates for today? Yeah, I do. I got I got one debate. It's like 
it's more of like a question and we'll debate about the potential answers to this question right so it's not more of a like choose this side or this side it's just an open-ended open-ended discussion on something that I found really interesting and it really kind of plays into what we saw in episode one so Loki brings up this really good point when he's on trial at the, the you know towards the beginning where Ravona's looking down at him and asking him if he's going to plead guilty or not guilty and he tells him like you got the wrong person that like, you should be looking for the Avengers like how is it I just don't understand why that they were able to, to travel through time and that was something that was allowed on the sacred time because like time travel should only from what we've seen the TVA is the only ones that got access to time travel to go into certain points in history remember all the things that led up in an end game for them to be able to get to that time how many failed experiments they were to go back in time between when we had like like Bruce Banner in the full Hulk form but with his glasses on on the thing in the end game and trying to figure out the best way and how they can they get to the right moment so it's like if you if you're controlling all spots like Loki himself he grabbed that tesseract off the ground in the beginning of episode 1 and he transported himself to the the Gobi desert but that caused a branch that just that one small thing but the Avengers going through and changed the entire course of history's events where like Thanos snapped it but like how is that something that was allowed so I guess my my, my question the open-ended question is that why yeah why why was that something that was allowed and does it kind of play into because I'll get my thoughts on this so actually I don't want to get my thoughts on it first I want to give your thoughts first so I can go into why I think that it was allowed but like why do you think that was something that was okay them changing the total of the course of history but Loki not being able to go from one spot to another uh I mean my thoughts on it that's a great point uh I mean it's really a simple answer for the way they wanted to answer it and that's because <laughs> that was something that was allowed that was supposed to happen another was something that wasn't my answer for backing up my point on that is remember when dr strange saw the future and he saw it was like millions of you know well i forgot exactly what the number was like nine million nine hundred four or some shit like that so it was much more than nine million it was like 14 million and something yeah i'm gonna look that up real quick (laughs) let's see just uh just to see for for giggles here let's see how many times did dr strange 14 million 605 that 14 million 605 (laughs) (laughs) that's it you're right yeah 100 percent um but to answer your question on that he saw that one where they did see the end uh which we know now if you haven't seen endgame sorry not sorry it's been years so go ahead and watch it but we know tony you know saved the universe um by after they went back in time and then he snapped the stones so i think that's because they saw that that's the way thanos's timeline was supposed to end by basically him already getting what he wanted but then it didn't work out the way it was supposed to work out by eventually he was ended um which was just like in the words of thanos you know that's destiny fulfilled (laughs) um but i guess loki i guess they were okay with this is because 
it what they did by going back and changing the timeline it only affected that one timeline whereas loki made a nexus event so it was actually creating generating a new timeline versus they just went back in time and reset that one line because it was just refixing the events that already occurred i'm assuming so that's my particular opinion on it what's yours uh, you bring up a good point right because uh if we think about what happens let's say he takes that test fast and goes about his merry way some things that don't happen are he doesn't get taken back to asgard as a prisoner like the whole events of dark world are much different because loki's not there because he escaped you know so like it cha- it did change a lot on, on on a timeline um i just feel like in Endgame, they changed so much of the outcome of everything. They brought back half of life. <laughs> like, like right. everything was supposed <laughs> to happen on the sacred timeline. Thanos killed half of everyone. That was supposed to be what happened. And so to correct that, it seems like that would cause an even bigger Nexus event for sure, at least in my mind. But what I think it does, and this is just my own thoughts and opinions, and I may be thinking way too much into this, but I think this is a part where they can kind of pull uh, the Eternals into this a little bit. Because when we remember what we learned in the Eternals is that um, when Thanos did that snap and killed half of Earth, it took them off, you know, destroyed half of the civilization. What that did was made it so the Celestial that was, you know, un- under the ground trying to, you know, come along as as time progressed and the technology and energy of earth allowed it to you know form into its full celestial being when that he took half the planet away it delayed the emergence of that celestial and so it could play into it in terms of now that they brought everyone back like the avengers did they went back in time now that emergence can continue going underway and that is supposed to happen and that can play a big Role into later events, uh, even though the Eternals ended up stopping the emergence, anyways. So it's it's confusing. It can go into a couple different you know aspects of it, but maybe because of how much energy that and, and they might not even be playing into this at all. Like I guess that I could be thinking way too much into it, um, but I think that when they stopped Thanos and everyone came back and they had a full civilization again, that kind of kept up with a certain level of energy and progression of civilization as it was going forward and it, it was it was supposed to allow for the emergence to occur even though the emergence didn't occur so i think that could somewhat tie into it as well um since you know that just came out pretty recently the eternals did and that's that I guess that's kind of my thought on it there is that yeah if loki doesn't get captured by the avengers doesn't go to prison on asgard a lot of things don't happen that happened in the Marvel universe that we've seen where, you know, it all kind of came to a head at Endgame, but that's where this whole sacred timeline is really important is that, you know, who, who makes the decisions on what is supposed to be and what's not supposed to be. And that's what makes this series exciting. You know, right now we think it's the timekeepers and who knows, maybe it is the timekeepers, maybe next week or in the week after we find out it's not the timekeepers. I don't know. I'm not going to give anything away. But, um, <laughs> yeah. That's, Mm-hmm. That's my thought on that. Did you want to give any thoughts on what, what I said before you go into your debate, or do you want to jump into your debate? Like, what do you think? No, I think that's good. Um, I mean, I think 
that uh, it's going to be interesting, right? Because especially this, after we get done with Loki, the next big deal we cover involving Marvel, it's going to be interesting where they wind up taking that. I'm referring to Spider-Man. It's going to be interesting if they continue on the arc of all these Nexus events because if multiverse, right? Like everyone, everyone's seen the trailer. Or if you haven't, you had no choice because you had to go to the theater to see Eternals. Um, so that's more of a question here is, are they going to continue making, are they considering this multiverse, multiple realities that are branching off these are all i i'm assuming going to be considered nexus events right so really all you like i'm assuming the tva is gonna have to be involved here so that's going to be my next debate is is the tva gonna start to be involved in all these other films that are planned that are coming up like are going to be referenced or is it going to affect something in this realm with all these other movies that really have nothing to do with Loki or Thor? Uh, that's a good question. Um, they, they've got to play some... See, uh, this is such a hard debate to have with these two episodes specifically because there's a lot I can't talk about that would ruin things for the next few episodes that we'll go into. But basically, I think it would will depend on the fate of the TVA by the time the Loki series is finished. I don't think they're going to play any sort of role in the immediate films that are coming up, talking about Spider-Man No Way Home, talking about the new Thor movie, talking about the multiverse of madness with Doctor Strange. Like I don't think they're going to play any any role in these immediate ones. And depending on the fate of the TVA going into further seasons of Loki, it's a possibility. That That's what I would think. Yeah, I gotta agree with you. I think, uh, I think they don't. Maybe they make a reference here and there. I think it might be kind of weird, you know, for someone that has grown up watching, you know, Spider Man all their life, and then all they see, all of a sudden they see time doors and shit open. <laughs> like I think that might be strange, especially to like just an average fan. That's like, say we take our parents, right? That are. 40 and 50 years old and they've heard of spider-man before or say they watched like some of the old ones like cool like i'm going to watch spider-man or you know i'm going to watch you know uh thor or i'm going to watch guardians of the galaxy and then all of a sudden like you know they're talking about nexus events <laughs> like i feel like with the average fan that might be a little strange so i think you're right i think it's probably going to stay more references based um, maybe a cameo here and there, but it's probably going to be mainly based in this series. But it's interesting to see where they're going to take it. I think this is the first debate. Like, I almost don't even have a side on it. Because, like, it's so hard to say. Because this is something that it's, every, <laughs> I guess, nothing will be the same. Like, everything's changed. So that's such a cliche line we hear in so many films and books. Like, everything's changed. Like, everything has changed now. Like, everything's different. Like, so, just like Hulk said, you know, that past, you can't change the past because then that past becomes your present. 
So who knows what's going on now? Like, this is all everything's gonna look different now in my opinion but i don't think i think you're right i agree with you i don't think you can just have tva agents show up out of nowhere with time resetters and hourglasses they're throwing unless i will say it would be badass say we get some like badass fight with like galactus or whoever the like big bad is and they just start showing up and Say shit goes bad, they get their ass handed to them, and just like Thanos, how he used the time stone to turn it back, they just reset the timeline. <laughs> That's it. They just reset it. Well, <laughs> here we are now. <laughs> we'll just reset this. <laughs> anyways, yeah. Yeah, man, but no, nah, just that's my thoughts there. But yeah, it's going to be interesting, so got two more badass episodes coming up next week to cover so i'll let you go ahead and close us out and finish this up here yeah sounds good man just to touch on that for the last minute is just um i don't think they can just show up and and reset timelines just based on what we know at the end of what happens at the end of this whole series of season one of loki i should say not series the series is still going on but so like we know what happens at the very very end like literally the last couple minutes of the last episode of loki season one I don't know that they would be able to reset things um, because, like, what, what are you going to reset it to? Like, uh, that's the whole thing. Right. Like, yeah. So I don't want to give anything away there, but that's what I thought's there. So, yeah. Now, we'll, we'll go ahead and close up today. I think that was, it was great to cover these first two episodes here. Obviously, if you haven't been paying attention, I'll say it again. We covered uh, Loki Season 1, Episode 1, and Episode 2. I uh, went into some questions that we have regarding these episodes specifically. And then, yeah, next week it's going to kind of flow into Loki Season 1, Episodes 3 and 4. And then the week after that, we'll close out Loki. It's so crazy how fast we're going through these arcs compared to last year of Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy, where we stay on certain things for months and months at a time. And eventually, we'll, we'll probably get that with one or two arcs that we'll cover. But you now I love these uh, these ones and how we've been so efficient. We've really kind of kept our word to you guys when we talked about it on our you know the, the beginning of the season, you know State of Union type of episode that we did. We really have been. Uh, following that a lot so it's been it's been great there so yeah man but outside of that guys you know just to kind of do the the old dance the old song and dance that we always do about our social media following and where you can find us and all that so uh no i just want to say if you haven't done so already go ahead and uh, click like subscribe to all of our channels leave us a review on apple podcast uh follow us on all social media sites you can find us on instagram at official ridiculous patronus you can find us on tiktok at ridiculous patronus we do have a subsidiary instagram account too just focused on only things that we'll cover here on factor fantasy which the instagram page for that is at fact underscore or underscore fantasy same thing on tiktok at fact underscore or underscore fantasy we've got our facebook fan page which is chase and josh factor fantasy Twitter, RP Factor Fantasy, same thing with Snapchat, RP Factor Fantasy. Uh, we have our own site itself that you can follow. Uh, so I think it's at uh, ridiculouspatronus.blogspot.com. Is that what that one is? Yeah, ridiculouspatronus.blogspot.com. It's finally updated, guys. <laughs> finally got that updated for you. <laughs> Good Perfect. stuff. And, you know, in just terms of where you can follow us, wherever you get your podcasts, right? So if you guys are Apple users, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, if you're more Android, you can find us on Google Play, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, our host site, Audible. Podbean. 
yeah, Audible. Our po- our hosts say Podbean been fantastic to us. We say it all the time, and I, I just can't give them enough credit though, man. Because if you guys go look right now on Podbean's site and, and search under the fiction category, it's been over a year, and Chase and I with our podcast, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy, are still in the the featured list of fiction podcasts there. So they've been nothing but supportive this entire time. So we gotta always, you know, give our gratitude to them there. So yeah, you guys, wherever you get your podcast. We're there. We're happy to bring it to you. Uh, we're always responsive on those sites that we just mentioned. Chase does a great job of fan engagement. And so yeah, we're looking forward to, uh, to new people joining on the bandwagon. And if you've been here from the beginning, thank you very much. You guys, the loyal supporters, in the words of Chase Brown, you are the shields that guard the realms of fantasy. Uh, but outside of that, guys, that's it for today because you know this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing Signing off. off.